it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. Is uh, Justin over here in LA? We've got Mike in London. Sup, dude? Yo, yo, how's it going? Good, good. It's 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 been a minute. I, uh, you know, we were doing the whole Thanksgiving thing. Happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody. Yes, happy, happy, happy. And uh, you know, now we enter December, uh, as they say in uh, the UK, which makes no sense at all. Happy Christmas. But for all of us sane human beings, Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy Hanukkah. And uh, yeah, here we are. We're we're back, and we've got a fun topic today, eh? Get a little Canadian in there too, you know. I, I like that. I like you repping Canada. Uh, also, I, I should say, Canada. you know, happy to be going into December with three game win streak for the Niners, and uh, even the G Men got a win yesterday. Great win over the Eagles. Always oh. feels good that division win. God, uh, yeah, good and a great weekend of football. You know, for me, Thanksgiving is always on a Saturday because we don't get Thursday off, um, so I get Rivalry Week in college. So great slate of games. But anyway, I digress. Um, topic today: top five movies directed by actors. Yes, and I don't know if you want to you want to fill in here, but I mean, we the the idea for this was yeah, you know. People who are primarily actors who get in and direct a film, you know, some sort of passion project usually. Um, but what we wanted to do, we specifically said no Clint Eastwood. And what we meant by that was it's not someone that's directed 20 films or whatever the case. So we tried to put a, a rough, I mean, a soft cap, let's say, at three films, right? Yeah. I'd say that was sort of our um, our, our North Star in figuring this all out i think all of mine ended up being there but we said you know if it is over three you have to sort of defend it in some way on the pod but i think what we said was yeah so no clint eastwood not maybe you know not someone like ben affleck more of someone that is an actor primarily and has done let's say a film or two i love it should we jump in sure yeah you want to lead things off yeah i'll go for it and I have to say, Town, my list, incredibly recent. Mine as well. That's interesting. I I think maybe I just didn't, I don't know. It was just something about like these actors are more, you know, well known to us. So they're mm-hmm. more interesting films specifically to people, you know, of our age. So anyway, I've got one in the 90s and all the rest are in the 2000s. But uh, my first is from 2018. Very recent film. Something that I watched for way back on our Nicole Kidman episode, uh, which feels like a million years ago at this point. And that is the film Boy Erased, directed by Joel Edgerton. Ah! Who, uh, he's also directed a few shorts, but his only other feature is The Gift, which was before this. I think that's 2015 or something. Yep. Um, and in uh, what I love about both of those films, The Gift and this one, is he's directing and he's given himself like 
the most evil role. You know what I mean? Like he's not giving himself a great vehicle. He wants to play the most fucked up person in each of his films, which I think is a great choice. Um, so Boy Erased is uh, it's starring Lucas Hedges. Um, his parents in the film are Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe, and he is sent to a like gay conversion camp. And the pastor there is is played by Joel Edgerton, and it is uh, it's based on a memoir um, by someone named Gerard Conley, I think is his name. Yeah, and uh, oh, I forgot to mention that Flea is in there. We love to see Flea and stuff, or at least I do. Always love that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's 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 gay conversion therapy, which is just one of the most fucked up things that we do in the Ever. United States. I mean, yep. Okay, there's a lot of fucked up things that we do, but the concept of it is so disgusting. It makes me so, so fucking angry. So I think this was always going to mean a lot to, to certain people. But what I think is great about this is that, one, it's based on someone's real experience, so it helps it feel, I think, grounded. And two, you know, even not that America is unique in how much we sort of give leeway to the church, but I think for Joel Edgerton, you know, he's Australian to to make this American film um, and capture some of the more subtle uh, points about kind of the hypocrisy um, and kind of grifting and control that the church can have on certain communities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really impressed at sort of how well crafted it was, and he was able to put those points um, into this kind of touching touching story. So I think it's I think it's really well directed. I think it's better. Um, then the gift, which is kind of an interesting film in itself, but yeah, I was impressed, um, and I'm glad to be able to talk about this because I don't think, well, I know it wasn't one of my picks, but I'm not sure how much we were able to talk about it on a Nicole Kidman episode. Yeah, dude, I've been meaning to see this movie. I, I haven't, and um, I did see the gift, the other movie he directed, uh, which I thought was actually pretty great. But um, I need to see this. I need to see this. And another one, it's a. Uh... 11 million budget. So small film um, that sadly we just don't get all that much of anymore. No, we really don't. And that's such a lovely budget to be in. I, I find those movies all tend to be quite interesting. Agreed. A lot of them. Agreed. A lot of yeah. them. When I go see like a Marvel movie, I always think that we could like, I think about the 35 films that could be made for, for that budget in place of oh. this one film. And it makes me a little sad. It makes me so sad. Anyhow. Boy Erased, great number five. My number five is a little bit of a bigger movie than that, or at least definitely came a lot bigger of a film than that. And that is going to be a very recent film, 2018's A Quiet Place. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I had debated putting this one on my list. It was very close to my honorable. So yeah, very happy you have it. Amazing. Yes. Directed by John Krasinski, of course, you know, made made famous with by The Office and he's acted in many things by now. But um, yeah, I mean, this just came out of left field. Uh, you know, John Krasinski, obviously, many people know, married to Emily Blunt. They both star in the film uh, as the two leads. And, you know, he jumps in and and it wasn't his very first uh, directing gig. He had for his debut is this film actually like way back in 2009 that I haven't seen called Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. Have you seen that, Mike? No, I haven't. 
And then he did like a couple episodes of the he did three episodes of The Office. And then he did do this indie flick that I have seen called The Hollers in 2016. But that's over, you know, 2009 all the way to 2018. That's nine years later. Really didn't do much in the realm of directing, has done a ton of acting and then just comes out with a quiet place. And I mean, you could say he's one of the I'd say at least of like this current incarnation of newer directors. He's I wouldn't say that he's not in demand. I mean, A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part Two both were massive successes at the box office and he's killing it and you love to see it. He seems like a great guy in real life. And uh, A Quiet Place, again, it's very outside of what you'd think his uh, regular forte would be. He'd never really done a horror film to my knowledge, like even starred in one. So to see him directing and starring in one was something very different. And it's just such a well done film, a great concept. And he directs the hell out of it. He does a great job as he did with the second one, to be honest. It's it's a rare sequel that while I personally didn't find it as good as the first one, it's still a very solid movie. And uh and Krasinski should be proud of it. I'm excited to see what he does next. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I saw this. I had the same kind of out of left field feeling when I saw this. I'd watched it on a plane. Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect, and and it is interesting also about that kind of crossover from comedy into horror. Obviously, we've seen that maybe more famously from from Jordan Peele, but it does seem like there's something there, um, in terms of kind of the same skill set for for one reason or another, which. You know, I don't think there's anything sort of. I've heard people explain it. I'm not sure that it totally makes sense intuitively, uh, but it's it works. What can I say? Yeah, and and for anyone that doesn't know, I realize I didn't, I never said what the film's really about. If you haven't heard of A Quiet Place, I know it's dominated pop culture, so I'm I'm maybe wrongly assuming that most people know what it is. But we're dealing in like sort of a post-apocalyptic world where John Krasinski and Emily Blunt and their two kids, the, there's a family, the people that are still alive on this earth, they have to live in pretty much complete silence because there are monsters, aliens with this ultra sensitive hearing. And so you have to be as quiet as possible, hence a quiet place. And it's a very tense thriller that's born out of that idea. And you're inserted into the world. And of course there's a bigger plot at hand, but that's, that's your intro. Yeah. And very, I mean, very, very scary, I would say. And it, and it goes there. It does not pull any punches. Um, and it's, it's a cool film. I also agree. I think we talked about it on the pod. I agree. The first one is, is better, but I was also glad to be able to see the second one in a theater because that's Mm -hmm. how I should have seen the first one. But Anyway, I was definitely a little bit jumpy on a plane ride, which is always an interesting experience. Um, okay, my number four, I, I had originally slotted this at five only because it's a, it's a bit of a cheat, um, and, and I'll explain why, um, but that is the 2017 film Wind River. Oh, who directed that? Taylor Sheridan, who... The only reason I consider it a little bit of a cheat, so he's only directed three films. He fits the criteria, and he is an actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff, I think most notably uh, Sons of Anarchy. But he's also a writer, so he wrote Sicario 1 and 2, and he wrote uh, Hell or High Water, which I have not seen. 
But anyway, so oh, he, he does a bunch of different things in Hollywood. So a bit of a cheat, but I had to include it here. Um, this is starring uh, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. And it is about um, kind of a, a girl um, is uh, living. I think she's living on a reservation in Wyoming and she sort of ends up uh, murdered. And the, the film was made to kind of uh, raise awareness about, uh, you know, sort of missing and murdered indigenous women. Um, and it is uh, it's a really cool film. I mean, it's it's kind of kind of like a neo Western. I think it's maybe my favorite Jeremy Renner performance overall. He's really, really good in it. Great sort of sense of place and kind of like the tough atmosphere of Wyoming, even though I think it was filmed in uh, Utah. And it's it really catches in. I mean, the second half delivers kind of exactly what you're what you're hoping for. I did wish that I don't think that Elizabeth Olsen gets to deliver too much in the film, um, but it's it's a really cool setup. Uh, really great for you know an original original film written and directed by uh, by Taylor Sheridan. It's a cool movie. It is that is a, it is a great movie. I really like that movie. Um... Also, I give it my seal of approval and my recommendation as well. Nice. Nice. Okay. My number four. Uh, my number four. Okay. I really like this movie. I think it has generally good reviews. I don't know. I feel like I like it more than any of my friends, but uh, I love it. And that is 2013's Don John. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like this film, too. So written and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Scarlett Johansson. It is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, feature-length directorial debut, and, and I think he crushes it. So Don John, it's, it's about pretty much this, this one guy. He's, he's from New Jersey. Um, his name's John, and he's a very, in a sense, Jersey Shore type of guy, in a sense. But it's like, you know, it's all about material stuff. He's he's very good with the ladies. But even with that, there's nothing he loves more than watching porn. And it's sort of a story of him trying to find maybe a better sex life, maybe some maybe some true love. Anyway, some life lessons are learned along the way. It's got you've got Scarlett Johansson in this. You've got Julianne Moore in this. It's a very funny movie. It's a very um, it's also got it's like a dramedy. It's also got some great some great life lessons that you learn in it. And it's just it's it's a well done film. And I can't think I don't know if you can, Mike, but I can't really think of another movie like it. Like, I remember when I saw it. It really took me by surprise in the sense of I was like, what a what a pretty like original plot line. I mean, yes, like it's it's sort of its spin on a romantic comedy dramedy type deal. Very raunchy one at that. But yeah, I just I thought it was I thought it, I loved how they incorporated. So such a ridiculous thing, but just like how much this dude loves watching porn and everything. So I think if I had to pick the film that's most like it, it would be Eyes Wide Shut. Interesting. Also, like, I don't fully disagree, but that's a lot. Far, like, it's very far from it with that set. Yes, but it's it's just, it's a film about the male ego. You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's the thing. And just the porn thing, I think some people felt was gimmicky. Uh, but yep. it kind of works. It works for the film. I mean, that's the point, is it's getting you in the mind of this this dude. 
Yep. Um, and I, I really like his performance. And I think Scarlett Johansson's amazing in it as well, actually. But it's it's a cool little film. I like it. And also shout out to Tony Danza. Oh, yes, that's right. Is, yeah. Also, isn't Brie Larson in it? Am I making that up? I haven't I haven't watched it in a minute. I think Brie Larson might be in it. Oh, who does she play? Sister? Yes, yes, exactly. She's his sister. Okay, right. Yeah, that kind of brings back memories now. Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot that. I totally forgot about Tony Danza. He's, I love all the scenes with them at the dinner table together. Agreed. Yeah, Don John. I'm here for it. Don John. My number three is a film from 2006, though I think it went wide in 2007. Um, it's directed by Sarah Polly, who we know from, see, I think we mentioned Go on the pod, but she was in uh, Dawn of the Dead, that John Adams miniseries, uh, Splice, a very crazy film. Um, and that is the film Away From Her. Oh, I haven't heard of this. So this is uh, this is her feature debut. Uh, she's directed one other feature uh, called Take This Waltz. And I think her third film is coming out maybe next year. And it is... Um, Starring Julie Christie and Gordon Pinsent, who I don't really know, but I guess he was in a bunch of Canadian stuff. And they are kind of an older couple, um, and she is starting to have dementia. And so automatically it's going to be, you know, a tearjerker. But they they may have to make the decision to uh, put her into a home. Um, and there's kind of a storyline that, that plays out from there. And it's, you know... I find it a little bit hard sometimes to watch these movies that, you know, are just dealing with something that's it's so inherently sad that you're like, oh, no, like, I don't really want to watch this. And like, how, you know, is this going to feel like, I don't know, too cloying in, in a sense. But this one is really, really well told. Um, the story kind of jumps around a bit, um, but it's arranged beautifully. It's the, the love between them feels very real um, and honest. Yeah, it's it's a really really cool film and and very very well done for a directorial debut. It's adapted from a from a short story, um, and she was nominated for best adapted adapted screenplay actually for it. So oh my god, okay. Yeah, it's it's a very cool little film. I need to check this out. This wasn't even on my radar. It is, yeah. But I mean, you know, get get the tissues ready. It's a tearjerker for sure. Okay, okay, I'm ready. You know, I love a good cry. It'll get you there. It will fucking get you. <laughs> It'll fucking get you there. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'll bring us over to my number three, which is I'm doing a little cheating here. Yes. Love it. A little bit of cheating. We love a little bit of cheating on this pod. Yes, we do. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it all back, and it won't really be cheating. So I'm going to say two movies, but I'm really picking the first one. I just – they're – they're both, in my opinion, very good, and okay. they just both need to be shouted. So I am going to go with Wish I Was Here, the 2014 film dramedy by Zach Braff. And also, of course, need to shout out Garden State, Okay, right. which would be the popular opinion for to be the movie to choose here. I, I'm not a massive Garden State fan. I think it's totally fine, and I haven't seen... Uh, the film you're going to talk about. So I'm excited that you've arranged it this way. Amazing. Okay. Um, well, yeah, in that case then. So I, I'm like you. I I like Garden State and think it's good. Um, I think the soundtrack's incredible. But I personally got a little bit more out of Wish I Was Here, um, which in in ways, they're they're very different movies, but also in a weird way, similar because in this movie 
he also plays a character who is in the film industry, which he also is in Garden State, if you remember that, Mike. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's like a an actor that's sort of not making it right. Right. And so he's exactly the same thing in Wish I Was Here, except he's 10 years older. He's a 35-year-old father, um, has two kids, struggling to be an actor. You know, his wife works just uh, like a like a data entry type job and his his name in the movie's Aiden but his father you know they sort of rely on him for money for the kids to go to school and such anyway what ends up happening is that Aiden's father whose name is Gabe he reveals he had had cancer at one point he reveals his cancer's come back and he's decided to put all of his money that's left into this like new treat, like a stem cell treatment. So they, the kids can no longer afford to attend the school that they go to. This sort of leads to him, Aiden homeschooling the kids. And it, it's a very, it's a very interesting movie. It's, it's in a way, I don't want to call it a slice of life film because it's not exactly one, but it sort of is. And it's like it's just a very interesting journey of a guy in his mid 30s that's a little bit lost in life and is trying to find himself. And I like movies like that where there is a plot to this one, but it does allow him to wander a bit. And I'm not like the biggest Zach Braff fan in the world, but I really do like his directorial style. And personally, while this movie didn't get as good of reviews as Garden State, I personally got more out of it. So it's and it's got Zach Braff, it's got Josh Gad, who th- his character is is fantastic. He's he plays his brother, and he's he's great in this. Uh, we've got Kate Hudson in there. there. There's there's a great little cast in here, and I really think that um, if you haven't seen this. Speaking of 2014 and those sort of low to middle budget films, man, this this one was up there for my favorite films from that year. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't seen this. I, I think I've just been sort of swayed by the reviews, which were not not great. Uh, but I like the idea of sort of cashing in on Garden State 10 years later and sort of seeing how he's kind of matured. Um, Zach is a, is a director that is. Yeah. Um, and you know, Kate Hudson. We we talk about it basically every episode, but we support Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell and anyone related to them. A hundred percent. It's just what we do. It's that's what we do. And also I will say just an interesting little fact about this one is he actually made the film all off of Kickstarter funds, which was a oh, bit nice. of a controversy back then for no real reason in my opinion. I mean, I guess people were upset maybe Or, you know, maybe the news wanted some news saying, oh, he's made so much money from Scrubs and whatnot. Like, why can't he finance the movie if no studio wants to make it? But you know what? Yeah, it was like people were all up in his grill about it. That's not how movies get made. No, I I fully agree. And he raised $2 million in three days. Then a company did step in and sort of bridge the gap to, I think, what he needed in total to make the film, which was, I believe, maybe I 
think it was like six mil. So I think he ended up raising three and then they gave three. So again, smaller budget film. Great watch. If you like those movies, I'm not going to call it a coming of age, but I'm going to call it it incorporates parts of a coming of age film for the middle aged. So especially if I feel like you're in your 30s, I think you really probably relate to this film. I, I didn't know that about the film. And it's just so funny, like to hear you say that, because it seems like the perfect way to find it. It's a film like this. Like it really does. Studios don't want to pay for this film. And like, that's the point is that we've just been maligning the fact that like only Marvel movies get made. They cost $300 million. Like if someone wants to put a few dollars out there to support, you know, small kind of independent films that they want to see that that's a beautiful thing. I love that. I could not love it more. And think about it. Like, think about if you're, if you were a massive Garden State fan, you've been, you've been wanting to see him direct Zach Braff direct like another film in in a similar vein like yeah. you know and this is how he decides to do it well fuck yeah i'll throw 20 bucks in towards that like it's, it's not like on. he's gonna get rich off it he's not like exploiting people like it's just money to get a tiny project done that i'm sure he it, paid himself nothing for exactly anyway it's, okay now i definitely have to see it i love that yes and and all, basically you know I guess A Quiet Place is a big film, but basically all the films we've talked about right now are, are these smaller budget uh, stories. Yeah. And my, well, I'll tell you what, my the rest of my list is going to follow that exact same path. So my number two is the first of two films directed by one Bobby De Niro. Wow. This is 1993's A Bronx Tale. Very nice. And this is, uh, so it's written by Chaz Palminteri, who uh, is an actor himself. We, well, he's in Running Scared, so obviously you should have seen him there, but he's in uh, Usual Suspects, Oscar, um, that's the lone comedy, A Night at the Roxbury, for what it's worth. And he, you know, he wrote this um, as, a, as a play, um, and, and De Niro saw it and basically adapted the script, from what I understand, you know, more or less word for word. I don't even think... Uh, De Niro has a writing credit on it. I think it's all, all Chaz Palminteri, who also stars um, in the film. And it's, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest like gangster movie type guy, mm-hmm. unless they're just like amazing, like Goodfellas. But this is a cool kind of crum- coming of age sort of angle on it. And it's, you know, Bobby De Niro plays a, a bus driver. And it's kind of about, you know, his son who's being raised in a, in an area where kind of the mafia is operating and he sees that um, that life of organized crime and he's kind of drawn to it, obviously at a young age because it's a way for him to get money and like kind of feel cool. And then he has to kind of find his way and it, it stops when he's kind of a teenager. Um, and, and I just, you know, I think this movie has a lot, a lot in it. I think it's a really rich screenplay. There's a lot to say about kind of manhood. There's a lot to say about kind of the father son relationship um, there's also stuff in there about kind of, I think something that I don't know if you ever feel this town, but even just like entering my thirties, I start to feel like this kind of responsibility for the next generation. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. how, like not just how we're leaving the world, but just like anytime you can provide some sort of, you know, advice or guidance for people like kind of younger than us. And then it kind of hits you with this incredibly surprising violence, like later on in the film, um, which which definitely works. And the whole thing is, it's kind of a simple story. I could see where if someone would think it was a little bit 
a little bit too cut and dry. Um, but it works. It works for me. It's a good angle to the story. Um, I love the story, the kind of idea about getting it made. There's a fantastic Joe Pesci role, like at the very, very end of the film. Um, yeah, it's it's a good take on the sort of gangster mafia film. Dude, this is insane, but I haven't seen it. I need to see it. Oh, check it out. It's very cool. You'll love it. Okay. I'm definitely going to. I've meant to for a long time. And it just like was one of those, you know, sometimes you just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. there's a movie that evades you. This is one of them for me. It's 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 really cool. And then uh, Catherine Narducci's in it as well. Shout out Sopranos. Which I just started for the first time ever. Crazy. I know. I know. Oh, it's shit. fucked up. It's fucked up. Well, great number two. My number two. I'm going to be arguing for a man that you specifically shouted out at the beginning of the day. Oh, okay. Because I'm saying The Town by Ben Affleck. Oh, right. Okay. I see. You know what? I think Affleck's on that line. How many films is he directing? So he has directed, let me tell you the exact number. He had Gone Baby Gone was his first. Then the he town. had The Town. Then he had Argo. Argo, right. And, oh, you know what? That's right. Then he had Live by Night, which I never saw. Oh, I never saw that either. Okay, so you know what? He really is right on that line. That's that's all that he currently really has done. Yeah, no, 100%. Okay, I take it back then. I it felt like so many more. I take it back. Ben Affleck. Told you know me why it lot. felt like more? It's because Argo had so much acclaim and like obviously was like nominated for Oscars and everything. After yeah. such a first one, great one-two punch with Gone Baby Gone in the town, and I feel like he was just such a hot name in the director discussion yeah. that people sort of thought of him that way. And and even he produces though, or even EPs a ton of shit. Yes, he does a ton. But yeah, you're right. Wow. Okay. Tick back. Totally allowing Ben Affleck. And I love it. Ah, he had to be in here. One of, I, I think of all the actors that have taken on some directorial duties. I mean, I haven't seen Live My Night yet, which, which again was sadly because it had so, so reviews, but I shouldn't have let that dictated me because I, I love Affleck behind the camera. And I, you know, I'm going to vow to see it now that I've, been reminded of it but uh man i don't know as an as a very famous actor that's gone over to director i don't know if you could have many greater first three films than gone baby gone the town and argo i mean the man killed it and of course the first two very specifically being boston very boston centric and which he just does so well of course being the boston the boston bread man that he is but man, the town, fuck. I, and I love them both. I actually own both both movies on DVD. The town has got to be one of just one of those flicks that I can watch anytime. I have watched it since coming out in 2010. I've probably seen this movie at least 10 times. I, I love it. I think the story, the the acting, the direction, I think it's all fantastic. We've got Ben Affleck, of course, in the in the lead role. We've got John Hamm, Rebecca Hall, Blake Lively, Jeremy Renner, Chris Cooper. It's a great cast. If you don't know what it's about, uh, it's about these this this group of thieves that uh, they rob banks and they hold the assistant manager at one of them hostage for a bit and. Of course, Ben Affleck starts 
dating her after they've let her go and just things get complicated from there but it's 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 a great thriller would would you say mike yeah yeah i mean you know i love a heist movie uh obviously a sucker for a boston movie and you know i'd i'd already put ben affleck into just the director's category you know acting like he had more films than he did so obviously it's made an impression that he's just a competent director already you know he is and shout out jeremy renner it's already been mentioned twice in this pod boss boss also rebecca hall for what it's worth just directed her her first movie as well passing which was on uh, netflix i mean still Ooh, is on netflix. i've Probably got to see that netflix. i saw it's it's pretty good it's a really you know it's a complicated issue it's a tough film to tackle for your first film and it's it's pretty solid i liked it good for her good for her also final thing I've never seen Argo. Ooh. Might be on a catch-up. Might be on a catch When's our next catch-up? January? Ooh, that's a good question. I got to go. I got to take a January. look, but it's anyway. it's not too far away. I know yeah. that. So I, yeah, Argo. I haven't seen it. Love that pick. Completely take it back. Ben Affleck not directed as many films as I thought. Just love the pick. Are we here? My number one. A film I really, really love. And it is also from 2017. Just Ooh. so many recent films for me. Uh, and that is called Lucky. I haven't seen this. It's, it's a very, very tiny film. Um, and it is, so it's directed by John Carroll Lynch, who this is his only feature. He's directed one other short. Um, and that may not be like a household name to people, but he's been in a ton of shit. He was just in uh, Chicago 7. He's in American Horror Story. He's in uh, Zodiac Town, a film I know you're a big oh. fan of. Uh, you know what Stupid this is, Love. though? Such a mic pick. What? This is 2017. But just like, of course, like an actor that like not a lot of people know. 125 credits, though. You would know Dude. his face. He's in Gothica, oh, if that's your 100%. taste. 100%. I'm looking. I do. I have seen Gothica. I'm looking him up right now. Of course, he's fucking. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just making me think of Zodiac because he's such a yeah. prominent part of that film. Drew Carey show, I think, was maybe his longest running. Anyway, and this film is starring uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, love that man. Fucking love that man. I mean, we can't even talk about his whole career because he did this film when he was goddamn 90. And he died about six months after this this came out. This is one of his last roles. Oh. Rest in peace. But I mean, he died at 91 years old. So full life. And also David Lynch is in a film like he's like the second lead almost as like an actor. Uh, Ron Livingston, Ed Bagley Jr. Interesting little cast. You have me already at Lynch being in the film. David Lynch's entire Lynch his entire point of being in this film is just like every fifteen minutes we check in about the status of his turtle, his pet turtle. <laughs> but yeah, he's just an actor in this film, anyway. And it, this is a true slice of life film. Um, I would say it takes place over the course of maybe three or four days, something like that. Um, and it, and Harry Dean Stanton plays this guy Lucky, who is. Uh, he's 90, like in the film, which is how Harry, De- how old Harry Dean Stan was. And it's it's really just about him and kind of his daily routine. And he, you know, has to uh, at some point eventually face the fact that he's 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 on his way out. You know, he's 90. Things aren't always going to be as they are. And it's it's just a really great kind of meditation on aging. Um, I don't know how old John Carroll Lynch is, but he must be like 50 something. And it just seems wise beyond anyone 
um, anyone's involved years besides Harry Dean Stanton. It's a fantastic vehicle for him. It feels like a real kind of, you know, send off to his career. So there's definitely that aspect to it. That's kind of beyond the film itself. Um, I just fucking love the character and it's, you know, this, I feel like this needs to be said. This film is 88 minutes long. There's zero superheroes in it. And therefore it's a great, I love to see it. You know, just love to see these films getting made. And this is a great one. Dude, I am putting this towards the top of my list of films that I need to see. Yes. It's, I mean, 88, you can get this done anytime, you know, anytime. Anytime. I'm very pumped to see that, to see this movie. I cannot wait to chat about it after I watch. Yes. Love that. Love that. Great number one. Very, very much approving of this, even without having seen it yet. I'm excited to find out what yours is. Dude, honestly debated it being the town, but there's another movie that I loved, loved, loved when I was younger, came back into my life recently, actually through the pod. And it was a no-brainer for me because this this actor has only ever directed two films, and he's he's larger than life. I mean, he's one of the biggest that there is, and this movie is a goddamn classic. And that is 1996's "That Thing You Do," directed by Tom Hanks. That's close. That's close for me. That was high on my honorables. Ah. Oh. Dude, it's so good. Obviously, Tom Hanks, Liv Tyler, Charlize is in it, Steve Zahn, Giovanni Rabisi. Man, this movie is so fucking great. It's about a local band from Pennsylvania. They fucking, they want to become famous. They do. They have a hit. And uh, Tom Hanks becomes their manager. And things move from there and it's it's just such a like charming and awesome story the song in the movie is so dang catchy everyone in this like does such a great job honestly um like tom everett scott uh who plays guy like he does such a great job in this movie too like everyone is good in here and it's just one of those it's one of those let's put it this way it's one of those movies that growing up you could love as a kid, you could love as an adult. Like everyone liked this movie. And I mean it was the it was just it was insane when it came out cuz like Tom Hanks, one of the biggest actors in the world, directs this and it's just of course it's great. And what I found very interesting was the only reason Tom Hanks is even in this movie, he was so passionate about making this movie. He like he wrote it as well, by the way, that you know, the studio said, "Well, we'll make it if you're in it." And so he's like, "Okay." So that's why he's in it. That's why he acts in this film. And he doesn't show up for like an hour, which is no. Which, well, I should say maybe like 30, 40 minutes. So, okay. So I was going to mention because I actually rewatched this week and I had the time. I had never seen the like extended cut that was released sometime in the 2000s, which is like two hours and 40 minutes or something. Oh, I haven't seen that. And that's why I was saying in that version doesn't show up for like an hour. Okay, yeah, I think in the OG one, it's like 30, maybe 40 minutes at most. And, and I will say, I think the shorter version, it has a much, I mean, it's just a better flow. I think it's the right cut for the film. Okay. Uh, first of all, I didn't know you liked this film, which is just amazing that we still find these things out in the pod. I know. Never talked about this film. But if you do like it, I would check out the full version. It's kind of great to see, you know? Dude, I am going to watch the full version. I have to. How could I not? 
And I, yeah, I mean, honestly, this was high on my honorables. Like I said, I didn't know you liked it and I was going to sort of pitch it to you if you hadn't seen it. Cause it's got that, you know, it's, it's got an almost famousy vibe to it. It absolutely does. I'm so glad you threw this one in there and a deserving number one. I'm really, really coming around to Tom Hanks, like in the last, like say two years. Um, and this is just one of the gems out there for sure. Well, there you have it, folks. Those are the lists. Should we recap them? Yeah, let's recap. And then I've got I've got a handful of honorables, to be honest. Um, my number five is uh, Boy Erased, directed by Joel Edgerton. Uh, number four, Wind River, directed by Taylor Sheridan. Number three, Away From Her, directed by Sarah Pauly. Number two, A Bronx Tale, directed by Robert De Niro. And number one, Lucky, directed by John Carroll Lynch. And I am number five, A Quiet Place, directed by John Krasinski. Four, Don John, directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Three, Wish I Was Here, directed by Zach Braff. Two, The Town, directed by Ben Affleck. And one, That Thing You Do, directed by Tom Hanks. All right, honorables. So can I just, I would say off the top, films that we've discussed a fair bit on this pod, Booksmart, which we talked about recently. Yep. A Star is Born, the newest version, Bradley Cooper. Yep. And Rudderless, which I've now seen. Oh, my God. And I liked it. I'm a fan. Wait, you know what? I'm so sad now that I didn't have Rudderless. I wasn't thinking about William H. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. Well, we got it in there. That's really my number one. <laughs> Swap it in. Honorary number one. Oh, uh, my. I, you have just made me devastated. I'm devastated right now. You know, I, I didn't realize until you said A Quiet Place that we didn't have anything uh, from Jordan Peele, which feels like we missed an opportunity there. Another big one that we've missed. What just the completely, fuck? I just wasn't thinking about it. Wait, everyone, rudderless, directed <laughs> by William H. Macy. You know what? I guess it's okay because I just talked about it, I feel like, recently on a yeah, pod yeah, episode. Yeah. But music was great, bro. Music was oh, great. Such great songs, right? Yeah, and it was man. I, f- I forgot that Anton Yelchin was in there. That's just I know another rest in peace. Fucking right R.I.P., there. bro. Okay, uh, I'll throw out a few more, and then maybe we can go back and forth. But those were just off the top things that we talk about a fair bit. Dude, I don't really have any, so you go with. Oh, it. Okay, Dances with Wolves. Love it, love it. Of course, love it. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about that. I should have written that down. Uh, mid nineties. The Jonah still Hill haven't film. seen and want to see. Ooh, okay. Uh, Sling Blade, the Billy Bob Thornton film, where he's like incredible. Crazily have not seen this and need to. Uh, have you seen Dead Man Walking, the Tim Tim Robbins film? No, and I, long story short, it wasn't even on my radar, and it was it was one of the movies available on my flight yesterday. I was I was flying yesterday, and I thought about watching it, and I already like had my list ready, and then I was like. Oh, what did I want to watch? Oh, I'd never. Well, actually, I don't want to say what it is because I'm going to use it for a future episode. But there was another movie that I really had wanted to see forever that was on. And I was like, all right, fuck that. I'm watching this movie instead. Uh, it's it's cool. I mean, Sean Penn's really good at it. I, I think it's and it's like a very I don't know. It doesn't really pick a side. It's just a kind of an honest, objective film about sort of the death penalty. If you want to uh-huh. go that route. And there are man, people make some weird ass films. Like I, so the War Zone, it's a film directed by Tim Roth, uh-huh. starring Ray Winston, which is all about like incest. Oh my and lord! Nil by Mouth, which came out around the same time, is a Gary Oldman film, also starring Ray Winston, where he 
it's all about like domestic abuse. Jeez. Like, and these are the only films these people make, you know? And it's like, what is, I'm sorry for whoever hurt you. Like, I'm sorry. Like whoever makes these films, like this is just a tough, a tough road. Um, but anyway, the last one I'll shout out and I'll, I'll just say specifically because most people really didn't like this film. Um, but I hadn't seen any of the films directed by Angelina Jolie. So she did the unbroken, that film adapted from the book, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, I think her first film was this, this movie with Brad Pitt called by the sea. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's about like divorce basically. So it's, you know, I think it's made out of real experiences. Oh Yeah. And people didn't really like it. And I was kind of, eh, you know, do I really want to spend two hours just like watching these people like hate each other? Like, it's just going to be super sad. And the direction this film goes is like, it, it's like, it's like a Mike film. It's like, it, they take some crazy ass swings and choices and it gets like twisted and dark. And I'm absolutely here for it. So everything that people didn't like about it, I loved about it. And I think maybe it's a great film. Okay. Yeah, I think that's good. But there's a lot of great ones out there. You know, I, I think this is a cool topic. Really cool topic. A lot of people make weird films. I mean, I know that he's established at this point, probably past our three films. Yeah, definitely past our three films. But I love Into the Wild, Sean Penn. Oh, yeah, true, true. You know, I know he's done a bit more than three, I, th- I believe. But I wanted to shout that one out. And a movie that I actually haven't gotten to get to yet that I know, I just know myself and I know I will end up liking it that I really want to see that's a more recent film in a world directed by Lake Bell. Oh, I saw, I watched that. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's kind of the relatively harmless comedy route for a first film, which I think is a smart choice. It's a, it's an interesting concept for a film. I can't remember another film about like voiceover artists. No, I don't, I don't know if there is another one. Have you seen uh, lost river? The uh, Ryan Gosling film? no i have not i i'm curious for you to see it at some point that may be like the biggest swing of any film we've talked about today really it's not like the passion project that someone's wanted to get made um or like the easygoing kind of smart uh comedy it's like a fully expressionist wild ride of a film whoa okay You'll never look at ryan gosling the same okay interesting I'm intrigued. Also, Sean Penn actually hasn't directed that many films, but really, he's another one that I just assumed had directed like ten. Same. Films. I feel like I incorrectly did because Into the Wild definitely could have been on my list, but but yeah, great honorable mention. It looks like he's directed one, two, three, five or six. It really? Looks like. God yeah. Damn. It's so weird that you just like have these impressions in your mind that like, oh, this dude's done like ten films. Yeah, that is so weird. I know. Shout out Sean Penn. Shout out. I think that's that's it for me. Yeah. Great, great app. A lot of films we wouldn't have talked about otherwise. So that was good. Agreed. Very happy to get to shout some of these out. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys you guys dug it. Tell us if we missed any great ones. You know, Instagram, you can hit us up. Top Fives and Deep Dives. Twitter, you can find us at Top Dives. And uh, yeah, if you want to leave us a five-star review, on Apple Podcasts, that always helps us get noticed and it's totally free. So we would love it. Thank you guys. We love you. Happy December. And let's bring on the holidays. All right, we'll see you next week. Peace out. Top fives and deep dives with town of PTM. Top fives and deep dives with town of PTM.
just made me devastated.